0: Thank you, guys. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, turn to Hebrews chapter thirteen and just uh, put a little mark there, and then go to go all the way back to Genesis eighteen. We're going to jump around a little bit today, uh, and we'll be looking at that in just a moment. If you were not with us last week, uh, we talked about how we are to be disciple makers, and at the close of the service, uh, really quickly, uh, I gave you an hour, I, I talked to you about if you have a passion to be a disciple maker and to invest in discipling others. Uh, be sure to stop by and sign up. And if you didn't get a chance to do that last week, those sign up uh, clipboards are going to be out at the welcome desk. Uh, we'd love for you to stop by if you want to be a disciple. If you if you if you need to be discipled and you just feel like, hey, I, 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 before I can pour into somebody, I, I need somebody to pour into me a little bit more. And so, if you want to be a disciple, be discipled. There's a place for you to sign up as well. And then what we're going to do next Sunday uh, from five till probably six thirty or so. Uh, I'm going to meet with the those that want to be disciple makers, and we're going to do a little bit of equipping and kind of cast a vision for you of what that would look like. And uh, so we will uh, be in touch with you this week, but just mark on your calendars uh, next Sunday, at five o'clock. All right, good stuff. Well, this week I had a I had a meeting uh, or went to a meeting. Only knew a couple of people, and it was uh, well, it, it was it was kind of awkward. I mean, many of them seemed to know each other. They kind of knew the protocol. Uh, I was kind of the new guy and and kind of showed up there, and you know things things are just different when you know the routine and you know the people and you know the drill, man, it feels one way, but man, when you don 't know the people that 's there and you don 't know what 's coming next and you don 't know how that's how things are going to happen, man, it just kind of makes you a little bit nervous and it kind of makes you uh, a little bit hesitant and i was that that just was so. Much reminded, that's not good grammar, but that was reminded, I was reminded of that uh, this week. And, you know, every week new people attend our church and every week new people attend churches in in the Wimberley area and really all over the nation. And, you know, the fact is, sometimes we forget what it's like to be the newcomer. Sometimes we we forget what it's like, uh, you know, because you come in and and, and you, you may know somebody, you may not. Uh, you, you may see somebody like you, you may not, uh, you may not know the protocol, even if you're, you may not be a church, even if you're a church person, you know, you, they do it one way here and they do it one way there, and then you go somewhere new and they do it a different way. And, and so, and so at the end of the day, uh, I mean, I wasn't at a church this week, but, but I'm, I just, I just know what it's like to go somewhere new and to be thrust into that new role. And you know what really helps? It really helps when you see a friendly smile, It really helps when you get a warm hello, and it really helps when somebody comes up and says, you know, just kind of, you know, they they just come alongside you, and you you get to have a conversation, and you get to kind of engage in what is going on, and I guess you could call that just good old-fashioned hospitality. I like to think of it as as biblical hospitality, And, and we have an opportunity, and not only an opportunity, but we have a responsibility to do that every week. Now, here's the thing that's so critical. Not everybody's interested in the gospel. I I don't know if you know that or not, but not everybody wants to know about Jesus. Not everyone's interested in hearing the gospel. Not everybody's looking for God to go to work in their life. And, and in fact, let me give you an example. The other day I was getting my hair cut, uh, and, uh, you know, I try to, you know, I try to have a conversation, you know, when, you know, if somebody's cutting your hair, you know. Depending on who they are, usually you got 15 minutes sometimes, as, you'll, as I'll tell you in a minute. It's a little quicker than that. But so I tried to engage in a spiritual conversation. Just couldn't really get any traction. She wanted to know how I wanted my hair cut. And I, just, I said, well, you know, you just cut about this much off. And, you know, when we get, to, you know, if we get done, if it's not short enough, we can come back and get some. And so I'm trying to tell her that, and then I'm trying to talk, and she starts cutting. And, and man, she, she cut it fast, and she cut it short. And so normally, I, you know, when they get done, they'll, they'll say, what do you think? And I said, well, can you trim a little more right there? And I, she said, what do you think? And I, I, what I wanted to say is, could you put some of it back? Because, <laughs> I mean, and, and my wife will probably go an amen, and, and I'm still, you know, don't look at me when I turn around, but I'm still trying to get so you know, some of it to grow back. But the but, but point was, not my haircut, but the point was I was trying to have a conversation, and she didn't really want to have a conversation. She just didn't really want to talk about that. And and not everybody's there, right? But here's the thing. When somebody cares enough to walk into a church, maybe where they don't know many people, maybe they don't know any people, maybe they're new to the community. But when they care enough to walk into a church, our church or another church, the reason they're doing that is God is doing something in their life. If there's enough of an interest in their life that they're going to come to a church and they're going to even, when they come to our church, they're looking, you know, God's speaking into them, maybe they're looking to get connected, maybe they're looking to, to to gain some new relationships, maybe they're trying to figure out, okay, how does the spiritual part of my life work with everything else that's going on in my life, and, and so, so when people come to church there's at least an interest, unless they get drugged by their boyfriend or girlfriend or their mom and dad or their parents or whatever, they, chances are pretty good there's an interest. And so we have an opportunity and a responsibility to speak into their life and to share with them. And so what I want to talk about today is, is if we're going to be a gospel-centered people, then we've got to be so focused that when, when people come looking uh, ...for the Lord and looking for God to do something in their life, man, we want to be a part of that process and helping them along the journey. Now, we're doing a series. It's called Core Values. You know, we started out a few weeks ago. We talked about we are gospel-centered people. And, man, that's solid. We're solid. We're committed to that, absolutely. You know, we're committed to, be the, to, to seek to be disciple-makers. We talked about that last week. We talked about we are living on mission and living in community. You know, some values, man, this is just, this is what we are. And then there's others that sometimes the organization... They're called uh, aspirational values, and, and I don't mean they're, you know, what, what we mean by that is it's something you aspire to become. And I think this idea of hospitality, man, I, I want us to be there. I'm not sure we're there yet. I'm pretty sure we're gospel-centered. We're going to preach the gospel every week, we're going to do things based on the gospel. But what God's called us to be is a, a warm, hospitable group of people that are willing to share the love of Jesus. And so I want to talk this morning for a few minutes on what that looks like. So if you have your Bibles there, we're in, we're in Hebrews 13. Um, I, let me just, I'll read the first verse because it's four words. It says, let brotherly love continue. In light of that, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Did you hear that? Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels, unawares, and so uh, let's just pray about this and for just a second, and then we're going to kind of jump in and take this thing apart. Father, I, I just want to pray for these next few minutes that you would just, first of all, God, that you'd bring to mind everything that I need to say related to this, this topic and to this passage and the passage in Genesis, that you'd just give me clarity of mind that I wouldn't speak according to my wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit's power, And then, God, I pray that our hearts, mine and and all of ours, particularly the the body of Christ, the people of God, that our hearts would be open uh, for you to teach us and to shape us and and to uh, just equip us to be who you've called us to be. So come and meet with us this morning, Lord, and just uh, equip us and encourage us. It's my prayer, and I pray in the awesome name uh, that we've been singing about the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Now. Isn't it kind of interesting, the writer says here, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Now, now why would the writer say that? The reason the writer said that to them 1,900 odd years ago is because they have the same issue that human beings have today. Our tendency is to look inward and not outward. That is just kind of the natural thing, man. The tendency is for us to remain in our comfort zone. Uh, the tendency is to stay in your wheelhouse, to kind of stay in our circle of people. Um, and, and that's not just us. That's just not today. I mean, this this was true 1,950 years ago. If you if you get over there and way back into Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, they were commanded the same thing. There's this there's this deal that. Uh, the, the natural thing is just to get comfortable. The natural thing is, if if, if you've been apart from from your your uh, friends and family for a period of time, when you get together, the natural thing is, is you want to catch up and you want to talk about what happened at the football game on Friday night or or what happened this this week or what's going on in your life. And, and that's not bad. That's just normal, and and that's that's natural. But what the writer was saying here to that church, and I believe saying to us, hey, while you're doing that. Don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Not just to the people we know, but the strangers. And then he makes this interesting observation where he says, whereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, you know, sometimes we think, ah, man, maybe that means that if, you know, if I be nice to this person or, or nice to that person, that I'm entertaining an angel. Probably not. Now, it could happen, but that's really not what the writer was saying here. He wasn't saying, hey, just be careful who you are uh, and be nice to everybody because they might be an angel. No, no, the point being is that that happened in the past. And, and when this guy did the entertaining, he entertained angels. And so let's go back and look at that. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to kind of look at that story because almost all scholars, I won't say all of them, almost all scholars would agree that the writer of Hebrews is talking about this little deal in Genesis 18. Let me just read it real quickly. Uh, Abraham's kind of, God's called him, God's set him apart, God's made him some promises and some different things. It says, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth, and he said, O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. While I bring a morsel of bread, that that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seals of fine flour. Knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds of milk and the calf that he had prepared, and he set it before them. And he stood by them under the mammary tree while they ate. Now, now, here's the, this is such an interesting thing because Abraham makes this great display or demonstration of hospitality. To, he, it was to the Lord. It was to three men but one of them was the Lord. One of them is what we would call a Christophany or a pre-incarnate version of Christ. And, and so one of them was Jesus before he was actually Jesus as we know Jesus, the, the, this Christophany. And then two of them were angels. But when he saw them, they were just men. I mean, they, looked, they, they appeared to be men to him. But when we look at this thing, it, it teaches us a lot about hospitality. Now, when we, when we use that term hospitality, what do we mean? And what does it mean to be hospitable? Well. If, um, does it mean just kind of food and drink? Well, kind of. I mean, if you go to uh, maybe go to a golf tournament or you go to a conference or something, they'll say, well, there's a hospitality tent set up over here, and, and you go to the hospitality. T- Tent, you, there's food and there's drink and there's, you know, knickknacks and, and different things. So, so that's a portion of, that's kind of hospitality. Uh, or you may think of hospitality as the, the hotel, motel industry, how they just cater to, 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 to bringing people and give them a place and, and doing all these things for them, and, and that's part of it. But, but when you get into the Scriptures, when you look at biblical hospitality, man, one of the things that keeps coming up over and over and over is that biblical hospitality means uh, to pursue a friendship with or love for a stranger. I mean, think about that. It, it's pursuing friendship with and love for a stranger. Not for people we know, not for people that look like us, talk like us, you know, hang out with us. That's okay. That's good. We should do that. But, but true hospitality from a biblical standpoint is, is, is reaching out to that person that's a stranger. And you find that way back, uh, in, in, like I say, in, in Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. I mean, you can find it back there and, and all the way through. God, God wants his people to reach out and show hospitality. And, and so, if we're going to become a, a church, if, if we aspire to being a church that, that, that is hospitality, what does that look like? What does it look like for you and me to show hospitality? How do we pursue this friendship with and love for? Others. Well, when we look at Abraham's example, let me just give you five things really quickly. First of all, you got to notice people. You got to notice people. In order for me to notice people, I can't be looking here. I got to be looking there. I can't be in my little circle with me and three. I got to be looking out there. And so notice there in, in verse two, or the end of verse one, it says, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. So imagine with me, I don't know what a tent was like. This is 3,500 years ago, maybe 400 years ago, maybe 4,000 years ago. Uh, don't know what a tent was like, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he wasn't, he wasn't sitting at the front of his tent looking through the window. Because I doubt they had windows. Probably not. So what he was doing is he was sitting at the front of his tent. And he was looking out there. Behind him, inside his tent, at least was Sarah, probably her servants. And so his people were in here. He wasn't looking at his people. He was looking For other people, and it says he lifted up his eyes. Another place we see that is is in the prodigal son. When the father, you know, he would go out and he would look. He would look for his son because he was expecting that one day he would come home. And so the idea here is that Abraham, man, he was expecting somebody to come. He was looking. So he could show hospitality. And if we're going to be hospitable... We've got to look for people. We've got to, you know, we've got to notice them. Now, how do you do that? Well, uh, now we don't have assigned seats, but almost, almost, because, I mean, I just pretty much know this group kind of sits here and, you know, this is kind of, you know, we got some over here. You know, you don't sit in the same seat, but you don't sit in the assigned seats, but you sit in the same seat almost every week. You may miss a pew here or there. Why do we do that? We're just creatures of habit. And we just, we just tend to go to the same place. Uh, we go to Lisa's home church. I've been going to church with her 23 years probably. Man, we sit in one of the same two pews. Now, they rebuilt the building about 10 years ago. Now, it's not the same pew, but it is in the same place. I mean, I mean it is mean, it, right. It's kind of right over there. That's it would be right, here it'd be right over there. And man, it doesn't, I mean we go there and it's just automatic it's where we now we don't have a name, it don't have a number on it. It's not the Dale Pew or whatever. But it's just where we are. We, you're like that too? We tend to sit in the same place. Now, if you come what you, if you really want to do something cool, just just come and for a couple of weeks and just sit opposite where you do it. And I'll go, "Man, you know I hadn't seen Colin in a while." <laughs> I, you know cuz I'm looking over here, and, 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 you know, he's sitting back there. But So here's the thing. What if, what if we just decided, this is where I sit every week. This is my space. I'm going to figure out, okay, who's new in my place? I'm just going to notice... I'm going to look around when I'm outside, I'm going to look around when I'm in the foyer, but I'm just going to notice, okay, who's new in my little space? And so we've got to, first of all, we've got to notice people. That's what Abraham did. Second thing, if we're going to show hospitality, we've got to value people. Look at at verse 2 of 18. It says, he lifted up his eyes, he looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of them. When he saw them, look at this terminology. He ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. Man, he, he was so intrigued, and he, had so, he was so excited that they were there that he ran to them. He ran. He made a beeline uh, straight for them, and he bowed before them in honor and humility. You know, think about this thing about value. Now, you don't so much necessarily pick this up here. But if we go to the, back to the New Testament, let's just work our way back. Uh, in Romans, I uh, really don't have time to look at this. Let me just read it. Romans 12, let me read a couple verses for you. Verse 9 says, let love be genuine. Then verse 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Hebrews 13, 2, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality. We go over to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, or verse 8 says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another. There's a theme there that there's a connection between love and hospitality. There's always a connection. So when we talk about value in people, what we're talking about is loving people. And then Peter kind of ends that up by saying, Love or show hospitality without grumbling. Okay. Show hospitality without grumbling. Uh, So, so what does that mean? That means when you come to here, and to your unassigned seat, and somebody's sitting in your seat, in your space, don't grumble. Now, this hadn't happened here to my knowledge, but a few years ago at another church, a guest showed up and they sat in somebody's space. We had we didn't have pews. We had chairs. They didn't have numbers. We didn't have row numbers, but they sat in these people's space, and they proceeded to tell them, "You're in my spot." So the people moved, and when the people moved, they heard them complain about the service the whole time. They didn't like the music, and they didn't like this, and they, you know. So, so let me just can I just say this: hospitality. If you're going to be hospitable, hospitable, don't tell people they're in your seat because it ain't your seat. Okay, it's not your seat. Doesn't have your name on it. Now I was in a church that we had names on them, but these don't have names on them. All right, but 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 so so do it without grumbling, because I mean y'all y'all may remember this story. This just uh, kind of story. The little girls at dinner with her mom. They invited some people over, and and the little girl's about six years old, and the mom says, "Honey, would you like to pray for us?" And she says, "Well, mom, I wouldn't know what to say." And so the mom said, well, just, just say what I would say. And so she says, okay, let's pray. And she bowed her head and says, dear Lord, why did we invite these people over to eat? You know? <laughs> now, have you ever invited somebody over and you kind of felt that way? I mean, you don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. You know, um, you know it, it's probably happened, right? You know, it's probably happened to us. I mean, some people, they go to church and they think, hey, don't get my space. Okay. Don't get in my spot. We don't. We don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. I mean, some of us have been on the other side of the coin. You. You've been to somebody's house, and you're going, "Why did they invite me over? They don't really want to talk to me. They don't really want to engage me in conversation. Uh, they're just telling me about them. They're not really listening to what I have to say. So, so we're just kind of hoping. Okay, how can I get out of here? Right. Well, what we want to do, when people decide that they're going to come and invest some time into the kingdom of God and searching out what God, God has for us, man, we, we, we want to know we value them. We want them to know we love them and that we're interested in what God is doing in their life. Man, when you look at the life of Jesus, man, the one thing you'll know about Jesus is he valued people. Man, he didn't care. In fact, the people he seemed to like the least to religious people, right? I mean, he he hammered the Pharisees, but the tax collectors and the sinners, the outcasts, the prostitutes, the the you know the woman caught in adultery, you, uh, you, the, all all that. Stuff. Listen, Jesus, man, he valued people, and if we're going to be uh, hospitable and if we're going to model that, then we have to do the same. We've got to value people. And let me just go ahead and say this because this is hard. Jesus loved people that didn't look like him, didn't act like him, didn't talk like him, and didn't really fit in his circle. But he loved them. And we've got to value people and love them. Because sometimes people don't, they don't, they're not on the same political side we're on, or maybe they're not on the same social side we're on, or maybe they're, you know, maybe they're just, you know. Whatever the difference is. You know, maybe you're an Aggie in their longhorn. I don't know. But I mean you're just different, right? You're just apart. But but we have to value people because they're created in the image of God. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. They were, their days were ordered. They were shaped in their mother's womb. The scripture says, God ordered their days before them came to be. And he's called us to speak into their life and value them. So we have to value people. We have to notice people. Number three, uh, we have to engage people. When we look at our text, what happened in verse 3 is he goes running over there and he says, He says, oh, Lord, would you just stay with us? Would you just come? And, and, and stay with us. And so he went and he engaged them. You know, it, it's not enough to go, hey, there's somebody new in my section. It's not enough to say, hey, did, did you know somebody moved into the neighborhood? Because I know what happens. We get busy and we don't reach out. But if we're going to be neighborly in here, if we're going to be neighborly out there, we've got to be willing to not just notice, not just value. We have to engage people. I mean, think about how often Jesus got in extended conversations with people. Now, how did he do that? He was obviously he was pretty perceptive, but 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 he he knew how to ask questions. I mean, it's amazing some of the questions Jesus would ask. You know, he just opened the ball and there we would go. If we're going to engage people, we we need to ask questions. And and if and if, and this is hard for me because you don't know this, but I kind of like to talk, you know. And but but if we're going to engage people, we've got to we've got to ask the question. And let them do the talking right and so we want to be engaging we, we want to give them an opportunity to share and so you just kind of need to work on you just need some things that you ask people about you know about their family and what's going on in their life and you know just just engage them so Jesus did did you know the Bible says it's enough for a student to be like his teacher that it's, it's enough for the servant which is us to be like our master who is Jesus what did he do? He engaged people through conversation. He, quest- he asked questions, and then he let them share. And so we need to engage people. Number three is, um, that, or excuse me, number four, we need to serve people. Look there. Go back to verse 3 again. Uh, he said, Oh, Lord, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass by your what? Your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread. And so he just says, Hey. Hey, if y'all like me, if, if I've found favor with you, why don't you come? I'll bring some water. You can wash up. I've got a hammock over here under the tree. You can take a nap. While you're getting cleaned up and taking a nap and getting refreshed, I'll go get you a morsel of bread. I mean, that's servanthood. I'm going to take the rest of my day. And I'm going to take a lot of what I have, and I'm going to offer it to you, and I'm willing to serve you. So would y'all be willing to do that? And they said, well, yeah, of course. You, you want, me to, you want to wash my, me to get my feet washed? You want to let me take a nap, and you're going to bring me something to eat? Yeah, y'all yeah, do that. And, and that word morsel, anybody know what a morsel is? Anybody? It's a semi-sweet Nestle's chocolate. <laughs> morsel. That, when I think of morsel, that's what I think of. They're like candy. Uh, I re- I, here's what I recommend. I, we don't do this at my house because I will eat them all. Put them in the freezer and just, they're really good. That's, that's the way you crunch them, okay? But, so, but that's what we think. In fact, if you come to Ice Cream Social tonight, there'll be some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, I hope. I'm, I'm hoping. You can look for a morsel, okay? So that's what I think about a, a morsel, but, but that's not what a morsel here is, just so you'll know. They didn't have Nestle's yet. Um, but we think a morsel is just a little bite of food, right? Notice what, when, when they said, yeah, Abe will stay. You know what he did? He turns and he, and he runs back into the tent and he goes, hey, Sarah, get three seahs of flour. Fine flour, by the way. Do you, do you know what a seah is? Seven quarts. So what he said is, okay, he's going to get him a morsel. Sarah, get a five-gallon bucket of flour. Knead it and let's make some cakes. Then he turns, he runs out to the herd, and he picks out a little calf. This one looks pretty good. Takes it to his young, you know, his pit master, and says, slaughter this thing, throw it on the grill. Then he runs over to the dairy, and he finds some milk and some curds. And, you know, so this is not five minutes. And they didn't go down to Whataburger. That's 15 minutes. But anyway, they didn't go to Whataburger. They serve their guests, and they serve them sacrificially because they gave them, I mean, five gallons of worth of bread. They killed a calf. Yeah, I didn't know this about the curds uh, until a guy, a guy shared with me after the first service that, that it, when you make cheese, the curds, there, there are some curds that rise up to the very top. He said, I was married to a girl from Wisconsin, and that is the best of the best. And and so what what Abraham does here is he takes his best and he serves his guests the best. And and that's what hospitality is. It's offering the best we have as we pursue friendship with and as we show love to those who are strangers. And and so we've got to notice them. We've got to value them. We've got to engage them. we got to serve them. And then last, real quickly, um, look at verse 8. He says, then he took curds and milk and the calf. Man, that's not a morsel, y'all. That's a barbecue. That's that exactly what that is, okay? So he takes all that that he had prepared and he set it before them. And didn't notice this. He stood by them under the tree while they ate. And so he kind of stayed with them. Then I want you to look, we don't have time to look at the rest of the story, but go down to verse 16. Then the men set out from there. They looked down towards Sodom, and Abram went with them. And it says, and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. Now, here's the thing. This is the clincher. Uh, it's, it's good to notice people. It's, it's awesome to value people. It's awesome to engage people. It's great to sacrificially serve people. But, man, you know where the rubber meets the road? It, it's when we stick with people. It's when we continue with them. And, and that's what Abraham did. And so what happens is people choose to visit a church. They choose to visit our church because God's doing something in their life. And we have an opportunity from a practical practical perspective to speak God's love into their life. But we gotta pay, we gotta be paying attention. We've got to be willing to get out of our circle. We've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. We, we've got to be willing to do that. So, 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 so what would that look like? What does it look like to do this? Well, let me just give you a couple things. Uh, obviously, we, we've got to engage them in meaningful conversation and, and uh, talk about the things that, that they value uh, in their life. And, and uh, man, it was really hard for me not to talk about football this morning, but I, I didn't for the first while. But eventually, uh, you know, I, I, I got off track on, in talking about football. And, you know, but, but what we got to do is we've we got to set aside what we want to think about. And, and we got to have meaningful conversations with people that God has brought into our life. And, and another way that you show hospitality is, is, is you help people get to where they need to be or where they want to be. You know, just in, help them find the children's building. Help them find the student builder. Help them find a place. Hey, if you see somebody that, hey, I, that'd be perfect in my my Bible study group, you invite them in and say, okay, here's where we meet. But, but it's just a matter of us kind of getting out of our comfort zone, remembering what it was like. Remember what it's like to go into that meeting or go to that organization or go to that thing where where you were kind of the new person. And then you come alongside, you offer the smile, the warm hello, and you take them alongside and and you... Help them get to where they need to be. You you sit with them in the service, you invite them, you know, you invite them to come to the guest reception area and and, and, and different things. But it's at the end of the day, Abraham chose to serve his guests willingly and sacrificially. And that's what we need to do. We, we need to make that choice. And then we need to do it consistently and continually. John Piper made a great observation in talking about this subject. He talked about how we're to be constant, and we're not just to not neglect it, but we're to be constant in hospitality. And then he talked about how, uh, about the the way God created the universe. There's this force called gravity, and and gravity is that 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 suction, if you will, toward the center of the earth. In order to to overcome gravity, like if you're going to put a spaceship into orbit, it just takes untold millions of pounds of energy force to pull away because gravity just sucks everything to the center. And and then he talked about how our human nature, it's almost like gravity pulls things to the center. Our nature is to focus here. Because I want to take care of me and I want to take care of mine. You want to take care of you and you want to take care of yours. We 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 have stories, we want to tell our stories. We want we want to be heard. We you know, I I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's natural. But if we're going to be who God's called us to be, we've got to overcome that and say, "Okay, rather than rather than do what I want to do." I'm going to step back. I'm going to overcome gravity. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm not going to be inward focused. I'm going to be outward focused. And that's what this looks like. Because here's what I can tell you. Next Sunday and the next and the next, God's going to send some people, not just to churches in the area, but God's going to send some people through the doors of our church. And they're going to be looking for God's next step in their spiritual journey. Now, we don't know what that might be. Maybe they'll be looking for a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they're looking for a deeper relationship with Jesus. Maybe they're looking for a relationship with the body of Christ. But God's going to send some people. They're coming through our doors because they're looking for the next step in their spiritual journey. And the question is, are we going to be ready to come alongside and say, this is a place. This is the place where you're going to be loved and you're going to be encouraged and we're going to help you. We're on this journey. We haven't got there yet, but we're on this journey to follow Jesus. And we want you to come alongside of us. Now, church, if that's going to happen, it's going to be because you and me, because we decide that we are hospitality. It's what God's called us to do. It's who God has called us to be. Uh, let me ask you to bow your heads for just a moment, because I, I, and then we'll pray. Now, I know some of you, I've been talking to not just believers, but I've just been talking to the first family. Some of you are here, and you're going, you're right on, preacher. You tell them because you've been to churches and nobody talked to you because I've been to a church and nobody talked to me. But I've been talking to believers, but I want to say this because some of you here this morning, you've not yet decided to follow Jesus. You're not yet a believer. And, And here's what I want you to understand. Jesus noticed you. And Jesus values you so much that he knows your name and he loves you with an everlasting love. Jesus seeks to engage you. He invites you into a relationship with him. And the reason he, do, he can do that is because he came to serve you and me. Mark 10, 45, I believe it is, says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many And so if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, understand that Jesus came and he he gave his life as a ransom for you. He came to serve you by, by offering you life, eternal life, for free. And then he's promised that if you give your life to him and you accept that forgiveness and that hope and the joy that comes with that, that he will continue with you forever. Forever. Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the end of ages. And so if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, man, my hope for you, my prayer for you today is that you'll decide to follow Jesus because he noticed you. And he values you so much that he gave his life for you so you can have life in his name. And if you're a follower of Jesus, my hope for you, my prayer for you and me, is that we will live out the biblical command to, to hospitality, that we'll pursue friendships with and love for those we do not know. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you just push this truth down into our hearts? God, push this truth down into our lives. So, so, so we won't just live that out here in our church, but God, when, when we go home, when we go to school, when we go to work, when when we go out into the world, that that we would pursue friendships with and love for those we do not know. Jesus, what you called us to do. Jesus, what you modeled for us to do. And so I pray this morning, Father, that you'd have your way in every heart and every life. We'll honor you and we'll give you the glory. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.